honestly, if I'm if I'm being 100% honest, the initial round of interviews did not go well. They were really bad. You're listening to the Students Podcast from NPR. I'm Lauren Migaki. And I'm Sequoia Carrillo. Today, we're talking to a team of students who made one of our favorite podcasts last spring. It explored how the Bay Area Chinatown community was holding up during the early days of the pandemic. But as we just heard from team member Ella Rossi there at the top, the student podcasters had a rough start. I mean, we didn't ask good questions. The answers we got weren't filled with emotion. They were really bad. Which is so funny because we chose them as finalists for the Student Podcast Challenge in part because of their fantastic interview skills. They found characters, and then they got them to share these beautiful details. So, on today's episode, how this group of high school podcasters learned to crush its interviews and craft a stellar podcast. Their entry was called CV19, and it was produced by students Sarah Jew, Ella Rossi, Liz Bridinger, Griffin Becker, and Carlo Pryor, who all attended Alameda Community Learning Center. It's a public charter school near Oakland, California, and... They started working on this podcast as everything started shutting down in the spring. And Sequoia, I want to play the very beginning of their podcast because in the first 30 seconds, you're going to hear my favorite question of all time. If you happen to swing by New Golden Gate Seafood Restaurant this week, you might have been confronted with the worst sound you can possibly hear in the restaurant business. Silence. On a recent weeknight, not a single customer is in sight. After Chinese New Year, normally we are very busy. Mei Dong is the cashier here. Right now, it, it should be at least around five tables or something like that, at least. But instead, Dong walks through a dining room that's empty. That is, except for a server who's sitting at a table with his head in his arms and appears to be sleeping. Is he Is he awake? <laughs> she says, no customers. So there's no work to do. I just love that. They asked such an obvious question. Is he awake? But it's perfect because it paints a picture of the scene for me. And it's funny. Yeah. And they really made us feel like we were right there. Like we were wandering around Chinatown with them as they chatted with a cashier, a security guard, the owner of a fortune cookie factory. And they really just got folks to open up about their experiences. Yeah, here's another clip from their podcast. Here's Helen Ma. She's lived in Berkeley for over three decades. So a couple of weeks ago, um, I was organizing a birthday party for a friend. And this kid said, well, you're Chinese, so you must have the coronavirus. So Lauren, I know you caught up with two of the team members to ask them how they got better at doing interviews. I did. I caught up with Sarah Ju and Ella Rossi. My name is Ella. I'm 17 years old. I'm from Alameda, California. I am Sarah. Jew is how I pronounce my last name. So Sarah is the voice that you hear on the podcast. She's the narrator. And she did a bunch of the interviews. Ella did some of the interviews too, but she also did a lot of the writing and the editing. And they told me something amazing. To think of podcasting like putting together a play. You know, you've got to figure out who your characters are, what order to tell the story in. And, like any good play, you've got to rehearse. So Ella says they practiced their interviews. I think it was like our PE teacher and then um, a few of our friends just who are in our class. I love this. You know, whenever a reporter is about to do a big interview at NPR, 
you know, they'll go over their questions with a colleague and essentially do a practice round. Personally, I like to practice my interview skills on my family, sometimes the cashier at the grocery store. Anyway, here's Sarah. Practice interviews, I highly recommend. Um, It was fun getting to talk to our PE teacher about random stuff, but definitely not stuff that would go into our finished podcast. They said a lot of the answers that they were getting in those practice interviews, they were really vague, you know, no interesting details. And that led them to their first major lesson. I think being specific goes a long way. Leaving things broad will generally get you a broad answer. Um, if you're asking someone to kind of describe what they had seen, don't start with, what did you see? You know, maybe pick like a specific location, like that bustling intersection that everybody's always walking through. Like how, okay, how has this bustling intersection changed? And they said, don't be afraid to ask follow-up questions. I think it's important if they don't give you those details off the bat to really follow up and make sure that you are getting that nitty gritty. And it helps your listener, I think, also empathize with the person who's sharing. And this totally paid off for their podcast. San Francisco's Chinatown is usually bustling with activity. But these days... When you walk on the street, you see less people, less tours. Kevin Chan is the owner of Golden Gate Fortune Cookie Factory. It's been in his family for almost 60 years. And he says these last two months have been especially difficult. Everybody's just scared. Scared to come to the Chinese communities. Chan says his business has seen 70 to 80% fewer people, especially during the recent Lunar New Year celebration. The virus came and hit us, you know, extra. And then then the New Year was terrible. The worst New Year I ever had in my life. I'm 51 years old. Wow, the worst New Year he's ever had in his whole life. That makes me so sad. Ugh, I know. And, you know, honestly, getting people to open up like that, that takes time and patience. And it means you have to ask compelling, emotional questions. You know, Ella says, don't ask boring questions because boring questions mean you're going to get boring answers. And at the end of the day, we're trying to keep people listening. If you make a transcript of your podcast, it should have italics. It should have onomatopoeia. It should have, you know, just all those little colorful things that make things interesting because you're trying to entertain. So here's a little taste of how that played out in their podcast. I remember when my mother brought me here uh, 20 years ago, and she parked right out here on Webster Street, and she ran in here to the sweet booth, and she asked me did I want to smoke, and I told her, first of all, what is a smoothie, and why are you getting it from Chinatown? Now I find myself in here buying more smoothies than anybody that's ever walked through this plaza ever before. So we have to practice interviewing. We have to ask good, detailed questions. Did Ella and Sarah have any other tips? They did. So they said if making a podcast is like putting together a play, you also have to think about your characters. Right. Or sources, as we like to call them. (laughs) Yep. It's basically just like who you should talk to for the story. And the team knew that they needed to talk to people in Chinatown for this story, you know, not their gym teacher. So they were looking for people who owned businesses, people who work there, you know, people who were affected by the coronavirus. So these high school students, they grabbed their microphones and they took a walk through Oakland's deserted Chinatown. And that's where they stumbled upon their main character, Marcus Wesley. He's the guy with the smoothies. Uh, He's been a security guard in Chinatown for more than 10 years. You know, people have walked past said nasty things to me today. You know, they said things like, 
oh, your brother, you better be careful around here. You know they got the coronavirus. You know, and I don't even respond to that. As a black man working in this community, I find that unacceptable. For someone to sit here and say that all Asian people are bad, or all Asian people are this, or you're going to get a disease when you come here, that is just pure ignorance. Period. It's clear Marcus has a big presence in town. About halfway through, some kids wandering to give him his present. Oh, how we handle things. What's up, babies? What's going on? Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. It's a drawing of a cow. Well, I mean, I think that's what it is. Oh my gosh, I love Marcus. Isn't he great? Sarah told me she talked to Marcus for an hour and that she didn't even really think of it as an interview. Honestly, it just felt like a conversation. I'm the type of person who likes to ask people questions a lot, so it came pretty naturally to me. Um, I just was really interested in everything he had to say about it. Yeah, it sounds like Marcus is just a really good talker. You know those people in your life who are just always willing to talk, and when they tell you a story, it automatically has like perfect detail, and you're right there. Yes, he totally was a good talker. But Sarah also told me that she found ways to make the conversation even more smooth. I think using stuff like humor and like acknowledging that you are really listening to what they're saying, all of these things you'd find in if you were having like a decent conversation with another person, right? I also find that nodding and smiling and making good eye contact, even if it's over Zoom, are super helpful. Totally. And you know, one last thing that the team told me, you've got to think about your story structure. So, you know, we started the podcast with that great scene where they walk into an empty restaurant. And as soon as the team met Marcus, they knew that he would be a good ender. Here's how that played out in the podcast. While concerns about the virus are justified, it's worth remembering that protecting our own humanity does not need to come at the cost of others. At the end of the day, I think we could all stand to gain from thinking a little bit more like Marcus. And Oakland Chinatown is very small, but Oakland Chinatown is big. You know what I'm saying? We're bigger than the coronavirus. Sarah said it was really important to them to end the podcast on a reflective note. And Marcus's interview definitely felt like more of a resolution to us. I mean, not that the issue could be resolved in the in the course of our interview, obviously, but something to maybe leave readers off with a little bit more hope. So, Lauren. <laughs> yes. What ender are you going to leave us with today? Well, Sequoia, I have something from Sarah who has advice for anyone who's trying to make a podcast right now. It can be discouraging at times, but I think when you push through and create something that you can be really proud of, it is it makes it like infinitely more rewarding. This message comes from NPR sponsor Blue Microphones. Blue has helped millions of podcasters, musicians, and storytellers to raise their voices since they began making mics over 25 years ago. Blue is best known for creating Yeti, the iconic mic that plugs straight into your laptop so you can sound great, even if you've never recorded before. Visit bluemic.com and click Get Started to find the mic that's right for you. 
So that's our show for today. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at NPR underscore ed and subscribe to our newsletter to stay up to date on this year's student podcast challenge. Our college competition opened earlier this month, and the high school and middle school competition opens on January 1st. Today's episode was produced by Lauren Magaki and me, Sequoia Carrillo, and edited by Steve Drummond. Our music is by Sam D'Agostino. Special thanks to teacher Molly Fenn at Alameda Community Learning Center, who gave the podcast assignment to Sarah and Ella. I'm Lauren Nagaki. And I'm Sequoia Carrillo. Thanks for listening to our show, and we can't wait to listen to yours.